Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, BPM number 4 by Ispanimi for the men's share, share number 4. We, we talked about it before, the Gemara says in Eretz Yisrael, they used to advise the newlywed husband and the quality of the marriage, that it was up to him and his mindset, like we talked before, the matzah or maitzah, whether you, you, you say to yourself, I'm constantly looking for something. I'm not settled with what I am. Versus matzah, I already found my wife and this is it. Those two different mindsets, a lot depends on what you actually feel about the situation. And what happens is, when a man and woman marry, they envision what married life will be like, and they're usually wrong. They'll discover they're usually wrong. Uh, So they reimagine it together but after three months they realize they got it wrong and if they're smart they'll stop fantasizing about it and start dealing with reality and once they start dealing with reality it's not a matter of being cynical or being disappointed but you realize you try to pretty much place beauty in that reality that actually is in other words you may not have Ganadin in this world to go visit a garden that's like Ganadin but Prospect Park is nice, Botanical Gardens is nice, a beautiful mountainside is nice. You'll find in reality beauty. And your marriage has reality that's beautiful or has the potential to become very, very beautiful. And once you remove from yourself the unrealistic fantasies or visions where you thought this is the way it was supposed to be and you realize it's not, then you could start working on taking that reality and making it a real beautiful thing. It says in the Medrash, brings down, so again, a lot of this is taken from Rabbi David Razner, Razmin, from Your Wife Yourself is the name of the book. It's a small book, but it has a lot of taken to it. That's coming from Shmuel Kamenetsky, and um, it's taken from Shiurim given by someone, Rav, ya- Rav Yaakov Friedman. Didn't really hear of him until now, but has a lot of beautiful practical advice. So, the Medrash says that the Hashem arranged the matches to put men and women together against their will and contrary to their benefit. Now, that's a big Chiddush. How do you explain that? So he brings down someone, Rav Chaim Brim, that said as follows, that it makes sense that Hashem made matches against our will because we often think we need certain things from our wife, from our spouse, and are choosing it, but we delude ourselves and therefore Hashem forces a match until a husband and wife accept what they really need as opposed to what they thought they needed. So, again, but the question you could ask again, what do you mean he's making matches against our will? We know, everything Hashem does is for the best. So, of course, he's doing everything for our best. And the answer is, yes, of course, he's doing everything is good, and his selection of his spouse for each individual is for your good. No question about it. No suffolk at all about that. But when after two people marry, though, very often they perceive their union as opposite to their benefit. They'll start thinking, oh, I may have made a mistake. This partner is not right for me. And the truth is, no one marries the person he thinks he's marrying there will always be surprises. Always. No matter whether you dated a long time, dated a short time, looked into the Shidduch a long time, looked into it a short time, knew the 
cussing and collar from before you were married for for who knows how long. So so you you were sort of friends before you got married. No matter what, there's always surprises. Sometimes bigger surprises, sometimes more little surprises, some more disappointing surprises, some uh, you'll in Ruchnius also you expected a certain Ruchnius level, and you see it's a different Ruchnius level. And no one goes through marriage without some rude awakenings and to realize, hey, you know, this is not what I bargained for. So the question is, how do you react now? How do you react? So he brings down a, a yesoid here about how we could choose our response and how to react. He brings down from the Pasuk and Tehillim, Kapitel Samaches, Pasuk, Pasuk Zion, Moitzi Asirim Bakoishores, Meaning Hashem, Moshe Vichidim Baisa, Hashem settles individuals in their in their home. And he releases those bands of chains. And the Chazal Taich Bakoisharais means crying and singing. Because one, if he wants to, he will sing about his marriage. And if he wants to, he will cry about his marriage. And he has a choice in marriage. When he married somebody, He'll see or she'll see, boom, some rude awakening here, something you didn't expect, and you have a choice now. Am I going to embrace it? Am I going to turn a negative into a positive? Or am I going to hold on to that rosy-colored glasses that someone gave me of my preconceived notions of what I thought my house would look like, what I thought my wife will be, and let the disappointment fester into resentment? And what we need to realize, and it comes in marriage too, you think you did this, you think you should have done this or that, but like in most areas of life, but especially when it comes to Shaduchim, we don't choose our matziv, we choose the way we handle our matziv. And the way we handle our matziv, then Hashem widens it for us. So the first thing you need to understand is if Hashem chose, or that Hashem did choose, this woman to be your wife, you can accept that she's the, actually the best companion for you, even if something bothers you. You have a choice. Something bothers you. You could be rigid about it. This is not what you bargained for. You got to change. There's no way this is going to happen here. Or you can be flexible and adapt and work on your midas. If you choose the first option where you're not bending, then you'll weep. And if you choose the second option, option, then you'll bend, then you'll sing. So when you become accustomed to overlooking her shortcomings or adjusting to them, and by the way, we talked about it in the main shiurim, this does not mean that you can't have normal, healthy discussions about certain things that are, you know, that bother each other about certain aspects and talk about it and work something through. It's not a steer to that. But ultimately, overall, on the inherent personality of the person, you're overlooking it and you're adjusting to it. Then you create an atmosphere of an accommodation, of a yielding to one another, and a ruach of pleasantness in the home. And what happens very often is when you create that pleasant atmosphere in the home, then your wife will also begin to change as well. Now, you're not supposed to rely on that or count on that, okay? And and sometimes you need to expect, I could do everything right, and I'll be mavalmi doisai, and I'll be a mensch. But my wife, I may not see any major change there, okay? But 
you need to take pride in the fact that you are working on your midas. You're dealing with a good person that has flaws. And even if she does not change, you're doing what you can because it, it's beneficial for you and your marriage. And But usually you will see Kamayim Panam Alpanim, something positive taking place in the overall relationship. So to understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tailored the marriage challenges for your own spiritual growth that you need and to embrace those challenges, that allows you to become a bigger person a better person, a healthier person, a better husband, and ultimately a wonderful shalom bias in your house. And it's precisely the fact that you're quote-unquote incompatible when you sense she's not for your benefit, and then you bring it out and say, you know something? I'm going to bring out certain midos that I have that I need to work on, it's Hashem really pointing the direction. Here's where you need to develop your character. And then after doing that for a while, you'll realize that your spouse is indeed for your benefit. And that's, so that's what it is. So it may seem an unlimited, you know, vision that there's something off here. But what marriage does, done the right way, it broadens the perception and it widens your mahalach of who you really are. And all of you, what you need to try to find is somebody who, who's been married for many years and more or less Baruch Hashem has a good marriage. They'll all tell you some similar things like that. When I was younger, sometimes I was very upset about things that were going on in the house or my wife used to do this or that or the other thing. And it bothered me to no end, and it drove me crazy, and um, I banged my head against the wall sometimes. It was very frustrating. And then later, they acknowledged, they realized that some of those things were things that the husband realized himself, I need to adapt, to work around, to accept. And then that is not a defeat. That is actually a, a process of growth. And then once that happens, you look back and you realize that that's a very, very special thing. To, something you also need to remember, by the way, and we talked about it before, is that sometimes the very thing that attracted you to your wife in the first place after marriage, you know, it clashes and it becomes a problem. So, for example, if you were a more softer type of person and you dated a girl and happened ended up being your wife, that's more outspoken and more in charge and confident and that appeal to you that person that is as a confidence and and capable and um and willing to and 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 willing to do things and can actually build a home and you that appeal to you and you love that about her and but what happens is is after you get married her personality didn't change but now you say oh she's bossing me around she's a little too aggressive she's telling me this and that and the other thing expressing her opinion when i disagree with it and then it bothers you that very very thing that you liked about her is the very thing that clashes with you after you get married and in many many scenarios you have like that and the other way around too you marry you, you want to you want you you, you a, 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 a woman goes out with a with with her with a, with a, with a, with his her husband, her future husband, uh, she had a father that was like a dictator in the house. She says, I need a calm, mild-mannered, 
reliable, dependable person. I don't need the the, the soap opera I had in my in my house with my father being that way. And she met somebody, a calm, sweet, dependable, reliable person, not like her father, with a certain yishavadas, a certain peace, calmness. She loved it. She loved it. And then she gets married, and after a while, she says, he's boring. He's too reliable. He never, he never, he, he does things again the same way. He doesn't have ingenuity to think of something to do with spark of this, spark that. So of course they need, he needs to work on that. There's no question. Everyone needs to work on their personality. They could develop the spark. He needs to learn even in her, his dependability and, and, um, and his routine to show some spark and oomph. Yeah, okay. But my point being though is that this very thing that appealed to you about that person that you wanted to marry, then it gets on your nerves later. And you have to realize there were good points to it. And you have to always remember that and always keep that into perspective. He brings an interesting thing that he says that um, this is very important to know. He says in Kelm, there was a, a Musser approach of Kelm that a young man adopted. In Kelm, they had this aspect of being very self-disciplined and very systematic in every aspect of the, their lives. They even didn't look up from their Gemaras. When people came in, and I think one officer once came in, got very upset. He was ignored until they explained to him, it's not personal. They, they did, probably didn't even notice that you were there. It was not a sign of disrespect um, because they're very disciplined. And this helped him grow in his learning, and it grew in his development. But then what happened? He married a woman who was the exact opposite disorganized, messy, never punctual, and he couldn't take it. And after all his hard work on improving his character, he couldn't maintain his spirituality with that messiness. But then he decided he's going to be makabal, this ashkacha pratis, with, with simcha. Hashem did this for a reason. He chose this spouse for him. All his life he was adopting that kelm, that mesudadika way of life, but now Hashem created a situation, his wife is not like that, and he'll learn. And eventually he did learn. He learned to manage, to thrive, even if he wasn't able to be misudder as he would have been if he would have been staying single or in yeshiva. That's a building of character. That's a progress of taira. That's a improvement of midas overall for the sake of shalom bayis, which helps not only in the shalom bayis, but helps his own development as well. And from the wife end, you know, if we'd be talking to the wife, we would say the same thing. She may have a hard time being organized, and she'll never be punctual as her husband is, and whatever it is, but she will learn over time to appreciate that, and there's a certain blend that happens, and sometimes you don't even realize it, and it takes you maybe even years to realize how you, your character, if you work on it, and you start accepting the differences, the stuff that drove you crazy initially, and you accept it, and you adapt with it, and you work around it, and you adjust it, you look five years later, seven years later, and you look at yourself, other people look at you, they realize that you became a Muslim, you became it enhanced your personality, and it, it and it and it actually made you into a adam hashalim, a more complete person by the blending of these opposites, and that is why be'ezes Hashem in my main shalom bayashir. That I hope eventually to give a lot of shiurim on personality types, whether the Myers Briggs system, whether the Enneagram system.
because I feel it's not just a matter of liking psychology or disliking psychology. It's a matter of there's so much you say there's in stunning personality types that when you understand it and the mechanism behind it, a lot of the discomfort and a lot of the frustration comes goes away from a marriage. If you understand well why one person is an introvert and one person is an extrovert, where one always needs to go places and socialize and the other one says, leave me alone, I need to recharge my batteries and be alone. And if one is married to another, because there could be nesionists, by the way, when they're both extroverts and both introverts, where it goes out of whack that way and it could harm a marriage too. So don't think if you're both the same type, everything's you know beautiful. It doesn't always happen that way. There's clashes when you're both extroverts and both introverts. But there is indeed normal clashes when one is very quiet to themselves and the other one is outgoing. Or when one of them is more emotionally based, warm, naturally warm, naturally kind, naturally expressing feelings, and the other one is more analytical and more... Uh, seemingly detached, more cold, harder to express emotions. And if you understand, and one is called a T, which is a thinker, the other one's called an F, which is a feeler. But when you understand it and you study it and you realize that the one, if the one is, let's say, more of the thinker, the less emotional type, starts hearing these emotions coming out of their spouse, they understand the personality type, they won't get frustrated with it. They'll understand, hey, this person's an F. She's she or he is conveying their what they feel that what they're doing, what they're saying in an emotional way. And I'm I'm processing it. And then the 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 one that's less emotional naturally will understand. My husband, my wife needs that warmth. And I'm going to show it to them and I'm going to express it. Even though if naturally it's not my natural way of expressing things, I'm going to do it because it's an important thing to express. Because I really do, meaning they love their wife, they love their husband, but it, they have a hard time. It's like pulling teeth to actually say those warm things sometimes, but they'll learn to overcome that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to say it and I'm going to express it and I'm going to smile more and be warm more. And the other way around too. If someone, one of them is overly emotional and the other one is more intellectual, then the one that's more emotional will say, now I'll relate to my spouse sometimes when they need it and what they really need is for me to be logical and intellectual with them and I'll work, accommodate that way. They accommodate for each other just like they accommodate for each other in their overall physical life of you know, taking care of things together and sharing things together and sharing certain tasks together and responsibilities together. They also share the differences in their personalities as well. So the side of this particular uh, share is the importance of acceptance, accepting who you married and the flexibility after you get married. And you will see if you interview married people who are married for a long time, with having their wives or husbands being very, very different from them and how they develop as personalities, what they learned. And they'll give you an honest assessment. Yes, it was frustrating. Yes, it was a hurdle sometimes. And sometimes you can look back, there's a certain sense of humor in that. You know, you can laugh about it a little bit too. But then they'll honestly pull you to the side and say, you know something, but these things that were seemed to be thorn in my side for so long because I couldn't accept it. But once I did and I worked through it, looking back, I see how much it benefited me and how much it actually benefits your children as well. 
when they see their mother and father learn and develop and grow and they see the adaptability of them both learning from each other and the Midas, it's fascinating. You may not see it, but your kids will see it. They know their father's a certain way, their mother's a certain way. They're sometimes very, very different from one another. And yet they'll see in a certain way how each one fed on each other and learned from each other. And they used even different expressions that they never used before, but they knew it was a good idea. And they started to talk that way in the way they related to each other and then how they related to their, their children. So all of this is very, very important. And, and and if that is learned and that is developed, then all these differences that were originally things that people cried about or didn't want to accept or found disappointed will actually see not only that it wasn't bad and just, oh, okay, I'll settle. No, but that it's actually a beautiful thing, that it was taka the bechi, the weeping, became mamashirais. It's not two different things. What was originally the weeping became shashir, became a beautiful thing. And you see it, and may we all be zeichet to see it in a very open, revealed way. Hatzlacha and bracha.